This is episode 13 or episode 6 of season 2 of the Speech with Alex Triccolo podcast. I am on a mission to provide as much free and accessible speech pathology information to parents around Australia as possible. So this episode is part of a four-part mini-series about speech pathology because it is Speech Pathology Week. So this is the second episode in the series and today I'm going to be busting some myths about speech pathology. So take a listen. Okay, so myth number one is that speech therapy is just for kids. This one I hear quite a lot because really your own experiences of speech pathology is what is going to shape your understanding of what we do. But the thing about speech therapy is that it is actually for anyone from birth through to death. And the reason for that is that we have such a wide scope of practice. And so we can help people right through into old age who are having trouble uh, with things like dementia um, and any kind of degenerative disease that might uh, affect their speech or their swallowing. So it's really important to remember that we do work with all ages and um, we don't just work with kids. Myth number two uh, is that you should be ashamed if your child needs speech therapy. This one really breaks my heart because I know that a lot of parents are feeling ashamed that they have to take their child to see a speech therapist and they might keep it a secret. They might not share with their friends that they need to take them to a speech therapist because number one, the biggest thing is that mum guilt or blame or parent guilt, um, not to single out just the mums. And we often place that blame on ourselves that we are the reason why they might be delayed or having trouble with their speech and language but it almost is never the case that it's our fault so really important that you don't feel ashamed and one thing that I want to point out is that we expect that one in four children when they enter school will be requiring speech therapy and this I hope can normalize it a little for you in knowing that you may even have multiple children at home and only one of them needs speech therapy. So you can see that you've done the same thing for all of them and yet one of them still needs speech therapy. So it's definitely nothing to be ashamed of. And by sharing with your friends and family that you are seeing a speech therapist with your child, it can actually open up those conversation lines, especially if someone else was also feeling ashamed um, and currently seeing a speechy or that they were so ashamed that they were held back from trying to see a speech pathologist because they just felt like the whole process was going to be too shameful. So it really breaks my heart if I hear that kids aren't getting into speech therapy because um, the parents are feeling really guilty and ashamed that they might have to take that path Um, and it's really not something to be ashamed of. So really wanted to bust that myth out of the water. Okay, myth number three, that speech pathologists just treat lisps and stutters. For many of us, and historically, many speech therapists have treated lisps and stutters. And it tends to be something that gets talked a lot about in the media. You know, we might hear about someone who has a stutter like Ed Sheeran, or we might notice people with lisps around us and 
our earliest experiences of speech therapy tend to be some of the pronunciation issues and things like that. But that the, the result of that myth that floats around is that parents are then not aware of some of the things that other things that speech therapists can do. So for example, speech therapists can help children with their reading and their spelling. We undertake really detailed assessment with kids who are having trouble with their reading and spelling um, because in some circumstances they may be having trouble with the auditory processing component or the phonological awareness component and they fall under the umbrella of speech pathology. Um, and of course, if a child is having trouble with pronunciation, that flows on into other areas as well. And if a child is having trouble with language and vocabulary, it flows into every part of life. So it's really important to be super aware that we have a really broad scope of practice. We also help children and adults with feeding and swallowing right from breastfeeding through to introduction of solids and through to actual eating as a preschooler and beyond. Uh, so I think it's really important to note that we don't just do lisps and stutters. We do treat lisps and stutters, but we have a really, really broad scope of practice. And some therapists don't treat any lisps and stutters because it's not part of their caseload. So wanted to bust that one as well. Okay, so myth number four, that speech therapy is really easy and that we just play all day long. I've always said that the sign of a really good therapist is one who looks like they are just having fun playing with your kids because they are the ones who are very cleverly hiding all of the therapy inside something that is just so fun for your child that they don't even realize they are learning. So I wanted to point that out first because that's the number one thing that makes a really good therapist is one that's just hidden everything inside play. And if you listen to last the last episode about what a speech pathologist does, you would also know that speech therapy is very complex. We may treat the same thing in five different ways in different children because different children respond to different approaches. We consider things like neurosciences, psychology, biology, uh, child development, cognition, and so much more. So uh, speech is very complex because it's all about the brain and what's going on in the brain. Um, and very rarely is it actually about a actual problem with this, with their mouth. So often it is something that's going on in their brain that we need to get to the bottom of, which means quite... A complex assessment, then very complex analysis of that assessment, and then very strategic choices of what approach we want we might take, um, and then hiding it all inside fun and play and activities that the kids are motivated to do that is based in their interests and um, looks really fun, but has so much happening inside. And I think a good way of explaining it is like the duck that you see, you know, beautifully gliding along the water, but actually underneath their feet are paddling. And that's really what a speech pathologist is doing on the surface, you know, gliding along, playing with your kids, but actually under the surface, there's a million things going on in their head. Um, and that's what we are doing. So definitely one that I like to bust open as well. Okay, myth number five. 
all children will grow out of their speech or language delay. I think something to keep in mind about delays is that it could just be a delay. It could be that that delay is just that child's natural path and they start talking or they develop their sounds a little later than some of the kids. However, for some kids, what might start off looking like a delay is actually a, a something that points us towards doing a diagnosis of a, say, a developmental language disorder or a speech disorder like dyspraxia. And so these are lifelong disorders, things like dyspraxia and developmental language disorder. And your child might not need a speech therapist forever, but that um, dyspraxia or uh, developmental language disorder might be something that does affect them, even if it's very slight, it will affect them for the rest of their life. So I think it's important to recognize that speech pathologists don't have a crystal ball to work out number one who's going to just catch up number two if they do catch up are they going to be caught up forever or are they going to need another burst of speech therapy when you know the, the complexity of their skill level in language and speech increases um, number three is there a whole other um, diagnosis that we haven't made yet because um, that won't happen until they're a bit older um, or is it part of a larger diagnosis of something like autism um, and uh, I guess that is uh, requiring a whole other approach so it's really important to be um, to recognize that speech therapists aren't necessarily going to be able to predict what's going to happen with your child in the early days, what might present on the surface as a delay could actually be a sign of something else or it could be a sign of nothing. <laughs> it could really be that developmental path that your child is taking. Um, so I, get, I think that would give you just some food for thought if you do have a child that's delayed um, that we can't really make any promises about whether your child's going to catch up. Number six... Myth number six, that you need a doctor's referral for a speech pathologist. Here in Australia, it is not essential to get a doctor's referral for a speech pathologist. The only time that you need a doctor's referral is if you want to then claim a rebate from either Medicare or your private health fund. The next episode is going to go into more detail on funding and pricing. Um, but for now, in Australia, in most states in Australia, you can actually self-refer to your public services in your state um, and you can also self-refer to a private therapist as well um, if you're going to be paying out of pocket. So keep that in mind. Myth number seven, that iPads and computer games will teach my child to talk and read. A lot of parents will try a lot of different things at home to help their children to talk or to help them to read if they're having trouble. And if doing um, some activities at home or some games doesn't really work, a lot of parents will um, automatically seek an app on their iPad um, or some sort of computer game that is going to help them. I do know of some really fantastic iPad apps. However, 
the thing about an iPad or a computer game or a TV show is that there is no way for that iPad or computer game to properly respond and interact with your child um, on a personalized and tailored level. So the thing about talking to us as parents is that our children are getting responsive feedback. They're getting eye contact. They're seeing our mouth move. They're hearing the way we say words. They're hearing the way we say sounds. And so they're getting tailored responsive feedback in the accent that they talk in and in the, you know, using the language that we use. And an iPad, no matter how interactive it is, can't deliver that. It cannot be as responsive as what children need. It can't provide the level of um, uh, feedback that a child receives from your face in terms of facial expression, tone of voice, um, the way our mouth moves, the way our eyes make contact, etc. So uh, please avoid turning to iPad games first. And if you are going to attempt to use some iPad apps, have a go with them first make sure they are the right fit for what your child needs and also uh, try to be with your child when they're using the ipad so that when they don't understand something or they don't hear something properly you are right there to give them all of that facial feedback that is completely missing from the ipad use uh, because hearing from our parents words sounds etc and um, hearing in the right accent and seeing everyone's mouths move and what our body does is a really essential component to the development of oral language and speech um, and for a lot of ipad apps i actually don't recommend them unless a child has been assessed and then it's been deemed to be the correct choice for that child so um, that's my two cents on um, iPads and the research backs up that interaction that I mentioned that generally an app and a TV can't provide the level of interaction required for um, development so your child may really thrive on the iPad and really love it really being super engaged because of the you know the way that iPad games are designed to get kids excited and interested and to get those um, dopamine levels really high in their brain um, but it just isn't the same as talking to a person myth number eight uh, just drop your child off for speech sessions and you don't need to practice in between this is a myth however it is very hard to get kids to do home practice us parents have so much on our plate. I mean, I know I have trouble just getting my daughter in who is uh, six to do her reading books each night, um, let alone trying to factor in uh, possible therapy on top of that. Home practice makes a huge difference in a child's life because uh, when you think about it, practice and repetition of a skill is what helps us to improve. And so, if um, we are not doing practice, it's a bit like going to the dentist without brushing your teeth in between. It's really obvious to the speech therapist that the practice isn't happening. Um, but it's also a sign that we need to talk to our therapist about the fact that practice is really tricky. So we need to strategize some ways of making it easier to embed in your day. 
I'm going to be talking more about this next month, so stay tuned for that. Number nine, myth number nine, that speech therapy doesn't work. This one is a bit of a doozy. This one's tricky. And parents do have experiences with speech therapists where their child doesn't make any progress or the child has a sudden explosion of development, especially in our toddlers, and the parent doesn't really attribute that to doing the speech therapy. It actually was just a developmental explosion that was going to happen anyway. Speech therapy is... Like I said in the last uh, episode, it's very based in science. So um, we have research that backs up a lot of the approaches that we do. Of course, we then tailor those approaches to your child. But the thing about speech therapy is that there is no one size fits all. Sometimes a therapist might have to try lots of different approaches. Sometimes your child might go through a period of time where maybe they've got glue ear So speech therapy becomes a little less effective. Um, And so there's lots of different factors that can really impact upon a child's progress in speech therapy. Uh, So in some circumstances, the speech therapy might not be working for your child. It might mean you need a different therapist. It might mean you need a different approach. It might mean your child needs a little break from speech therapy to consolidate what they've learned and to then come back when they're feeling refreshed. There's lots of different options. So speech therapy does work, (laughs) Um, but often it does require a lot of tweaking along the way. Myth number 10, that we should put all children in daycare because it's the best thing for them. It's better than them being at home with us. This is a question that I get asked a lot um, with a lot of people getting a lot of pressure from people around them to put their children in daycare. For some children, daycare can be really transformational. It can really help them with their socialization. But something to keep in mind is that before the age of four, Interacting with other children is not the number one priority. The number one priority is developing a really secure attachment with one person and extra people if possible, but that one core person, which is often mum or dad, and to learn their oral language from that one person in a relatively quiet environment where they get that one-on-one tailored feedback over and over again from their big person that they trust and love. So having your children at home with you, um, if you love it and you could do it all day, every day, then do it. Keep your kids home with you. There is absolutely no essential need for children to go to daycare because they will catch up on that socialization when they start school you can do things like play group going to the park doing some fun little classes like local toddler gyms or book and rhyme time at your library but something to keep in mind is that it's not essential for your children to go to daycare if you find mum life really stressful and you just need a break one day a week for your own sanity then do it Put your kids in daycare. There's absolutely no judgment coming from me if that is the reason for you needing to use daycare. Or if you need to work, of course, 
then daycare is a fantastic option. They're going to get lots of amazing language from all the kids around them. But the best thing you can do is try to spend as much one-on-one time with your kids um, to develop that attachment and to develop their oral language skills. So definitely not essential for kids to go to daycare. So they are my 10 myths about speech pathology. Number one myth, speech therapy is just for kids. Number two myth, you should be ashamed if your child is in speech. Number three, the myth that we just treat lisps and stutters. Number four, the myth that speech therapy is easy. We just play with kids all day. Myth number five, all children will grow out of their speech and language delay. Myth number six, you need a doctor's referral for speech pathology. Myth number seven, iPads and computer games will teach my child to talk and read. Myth number eight, just drop your child off for speech sessions, don't need to practice. Myth number nine, speech therapy doesn't work. And myth number 10, put your child in daycare. So I hope that has answered some questions that you might have about speech therapy or has helped you to understand a little more about what speech therapists do and to give you a bit of backup when you think something might be a myth that you're hearing fly around but you're not quite sure what the answer is. So definitely forward this episode on to your friends and family if you got some benefit from it and I can't wait to share the next episode with you which is about funding in Australia for speech pathology.